love that. Well, it's good. Oh, I've got volume. That's, that's not good. It is so wonderful to be able to see and hear you. I did, it's funny, isn't it? as we were worshipping, you just realise how much you miss being able to worship without something over your face. You know, just, I know it's, it doesn't prevent our worship, it doesn't prevent the Spirit of God coming into us. You know, it was all for COVID, but actually, it tells you, it was so nice. Just for the thing, and I was kind of I was laughing with Stacey. She walked in. I was kind of expecting to see you with a mask on. Being as the whole time we had masks, you weren't able to wear one. Good to the the rebel in Stacey. Anyway, it's good. We we continue our series on Romans, but just for that, I just I don't know how you felt this week as you look at the headlines and the stories, and it feels really personal because I. Next Saturday, I'm supposed to, well, I am still going to Keth and Lee and speaking to a Manchester Churches Together weekend away. And I'm supposed to be sharing it with my friend Andre, who is in Kiev. And so, obviously, he can't come. And uh, it, it, was, it just made it feel very, very real, thinking we were going to be together and we can't. And I've had a week where you feel like, I want to do something. So at one point I said to Liz, I feel like getting in the car and just driving to the Polish border and doing whatever I could do to help. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> but, it was, but I contacted my friends in Warsaw and they've got uh, three Ukrainian <coughs> families in their home. And you said, oh Lord, I want to do something. And so we've offered our house to some Ukrainians if... If they can get over here, and maybe I will go and get them, but there's kind of, you know, we want to do something. And, and you have that feeling, this is just so wrong, I want to do something. And I don't know about you, but you can feel helpless. It makes you feel just so, oh, there's nothing. And then you've got to remind yourself, you're not helpless. What's fascinating on the Polish border, as the Ukrainians came across, the first people to be there were the local church. They're not irrelevant. And then others come in and help. And for us, we can pray to the one who has all authority. And God wasn't taken by surprise. God wasn't taken by surprise by COVID. He wasn't taken by surprise by what the Russians did. He's not taken by surprise by any of it. And God can put whatever information out he wants to do. As my friends um, says when they were working into Iraq... The amazing thing was that as ISIS was taking over social media, taking over everything, the one thing they couldn't take over was the dreams. And at night, Jesus was appearing to many, many people, and many people became believers because Jesus was turning up. And I just think now's the time for us to do the one thing we really can do, and that is pray and pray and pray. And one thing for us not to do is get anxious. Because actually the biggest battle is right now is you feel anxiety. And can I dare say, Putin doesn't help that. <laughs> you know, his appearances don't bring reassurance and, oh, that's nice, when he starts talking about nuclear bombs and other things. But he's not going to be the one who ends the world. He'll be the coming of Christ, the return of Christ. That will be, it's not his to do that. He hasn't got that authority. It's God that does that. And so, don't get anxious. Pray and keep going and, and in some ways what I'm going to look at today hopefully will speak into that and it's Romans I, I'll start on from verse 15 
to where I'm going to be. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So I'm going to look at three words. Revelation, righteousness, and faith. Last week, Andy, I know, there's no way I can make it in our real faith. There you are. Righteousness, no, revelation, righteousness, and real faith. So, (laughs) but last week, Andrew Thomas spoke on, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And in many ways, this is now the ongoing things for many chapters of the book of Romans is Paul saying I'm really not ashamed of it because of this 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 and this this is why it's so wonderful this is why it's so amazing and actually in verse 17 he starts to explain why this gospel is so so incredible and he starts by saying it's revelation the righteousness of God is being revealed there's revelation and what it is the only way to describe it is it's, I'm going to start with this. It's for us, the world tells you, write your own story. It's your life, live it. You know, write your own story. Write what you want to do. It's your story. You're the one. You've got your pen, write it. It's yours to write. And the trouble is with that, is all of us start writing something and then we mess up. And at that point, you've got the world who then says, well, it's our fault. And then you start getting told off. Look what you've done, look what you've done, look what you've done. And, everyone, and, and people feel bad. And sometimes, dare I say, we bring the gospel with this. You are a sinner. You've fallen short of the glory of God. And everyone goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, I've been writing my own story. But actually, the big story of, of God is it starts with blessing. The gospel doesn't start with you're a dirty, rotten sinner going to hell. It starts with, you are loved by God. It starts with, in the beginning, God created the world and said, it is good. It starts with this great blessing. He blesses humanity, go forth and multiply and rule. We're given blessing. It all starts with this great, big picture, which is full of excitement and joy. And what it says is, there's a story so wonderful that you don't need to write your own story. You can be part of this story. You can give your pen, not to just someone who's going to mess up, you can give it to the one who's writing the story. And so suddenly the story is so wonderful and ends so magnificently, but in the middle of it is the thing that makes it all possible for us. And that is, the righteousness of God is being revealed. When it says it's been revealed, it basically says it's always been there. It's always been there. This isn't a new truth. This truth throughout time and space and eternity has been there. The righteousness of God was there. All through the Old Testament, it's there. It's there. But the only way to describe it is like, you can see here, there is something under this cloth. There's something here. You kind of get a feel of what it could be. If you look at anything, I... Well, I can kind of make out it's a can, probably, or something, by the size of it. 
But when he talks about the righteousness of God, the gospel reveals, is saying that the cloth has been taken off. So you can now fully see it's a Pepsi Max can. You know? <laughs> but actually, it's suddenly it's revealed. It's not hidden anymore. And so the Bible talks about all throughout Scripture that there is truth, truth, truth. The righteousness of God always been revealed, always been revealed, always been revealed. Revealed through Israel, revealed through Jerusalem. It's there, it's there, it's in the Psalms. As we were going through the Psalms, this week was so wonderful to a reading, quite a tough going Psalm, and suddenly Aruna goes, that's Jesus on the cross. And you have this moment where you can see it, it's there. But it's suddenly this revelation, and, and what it leads to is rather than, well, how do we feel about this? What's this? Suddenly it's like, Jesus, you are amazing. It's suddenly, revelation leads you to worship. And what so often is, we get lots and lots of information. All the time. There's lots of information, lots of information, lots of information. Lots of head knowledge. You can end up with lots and lots and lots and lots of head knowledge. Totally meaningless if there's no revelation. I have sat in theological debates where people are debating and debating and debating and debating and debating. Oh, I read Tim Keller and he said this. Well, I read Walter School. He said this. Well, I said this. And everyone... Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of information. And no one's in a bit blind interest in worship. That's what actually Jesus came across when he came to earth. Fully God, fully human, walks amongst the Pharisees who, boy, they know the scriptures. They know it. They've read it. They've studied it. They've more, made more laws out of it. They have got hold of how everything should work. And Jesus looks at them and says, but it's all about me. And you can't see it. You can't see that I'm the answer to all of this. You've got information, but you've got no revelation. And for us, when we came to know Jesus, it was not an academic exercise. You can't academically study, oh, by the way, I, do you know what? This kind of makes sense. Because it kind of makes sense is the Spirit of God has revealed truth to you. It's revealed. And what Paul is so excited about is really his own testimony. And his own testimony is this, I hated Christians. I hated them. I wanted to kill them all. I thought I was doing the right thing. I studied the law. I understood the law. I, I understood everything. Oh, I'd studied and studied. I had so much information. I was really impressive. And then I go to Damascus and en route, there's a revelation of Jesus. And everything changes. <coughs> everything changes. The revelation of Jesus changes the entire direction of his life. Because at that moment in time, he suddenly goes, Whoa, Look at him! What was I doing? What was I doing? The revelation changes absolutely everything. We need to be people who have revelation. You can't understand the grace of God academically. You've got to have the revelation. You have been set free. You need the revelation to understand what it is to say, we're going for, to see the church established and redeveloped and see lives changed and affected and actually all of us have got a part to play and we all get involved and it's not just a few. You need revelation of what the church is. The church is something so beautiful that Christ is going to return for her. You've got to be excited. God, this is revelation. This is worthy. This is the most magnificent thing. 
You can't get information. You have to get revelation. In worship, you can sing a song. But when you suddenly have the revelation and the Spirit of God gets you, suddenly it's like, oh, way maker, miracle maker. Whoa! He truly is. And even when I can't see it, he's working. Suddenly worship isn't just a way maker, miracle maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. This is truth. That's why when we talk about songs, John often says, can we make sure we're singing stuff that's true? Do you know what? Because it's revelation. And worship is our heart and our spirit connecting with the spirit. And it's like, yes! We need more, yes! We do. We need more of the revelation. And so Paul is writing, saying this, look, the righteousness of God has been revealed. This revelation suddenly is being revealed. So the righteousness of God, now interestingly, the Greek can be interpreted in two ways at this point. It can be talking about the righteousness of God, as I guess this is the ESV has interpreted it, but it can also be interpreted as the righteousness we've received from God. So both are true, can come out of that understanding of the Greek. But firstly, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God. Do you know what? This is extraordinary. That actually the gospel points to a God who is totally righteous. Totally righteous. So in Isaiah, when he's prophesying, and he looks and says, around the throne, you know, are the the, the, the seraphims, is it seraphims? Yeah, yeah. Who have got their eyes blocked. Why? Because the righteousness of God is so scary. What was that? It does. They are there. They cannot look. It's just so stunning. And then when Isaiah looked at the righteousness of God, he goes, what am I doing here? I'm dirty. I'm in rags. I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't. This is unbelievable, the righteousness. And then he says, and I'm with people who are really you are the same. How can I do anything? The righteousness of God is revealed. And what Paul is saying is, there was a moment where he realised that God was fully righteous and it was being revealed to him and it just made him think, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. So the story is, this great story of a God who so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, so loves us, he cares for us and then that moment where the revelation comes, it's like, oh, Look at him. Look at the mess I'm in. But of course the gospel is so beautiful because what it says is that righteousness, the righteousness of God becomes our righteousness. It does. You who were unclean, undeserving, are now clothed in the righteousness of Christ. See, none of us can please God by living by the law, but one did. Jesus. The only person who was able able to live fully to the law and without sin 
so that his righteousness could become ours. That's why we need revelation. You need revelation to understand that you're now right before God. Because your conscience keeps telling you, you're really not. <laughs> your conscience keeps saying, seriously, you believe this stuff? Look at you. Have you still, I, your conscience comes and says, I saw what you were thinking. I saw what you were looking at. I saw what, you, what was going on. I All the time in your ears. I know what it's like. 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 We need the revelation. I'm right before God. And that's what's been revealed. The revelation is you right now can be no more pleasing to God than saying, Lord, you're my Lord and Saviour. I love you. And Jesus says, yes. And the Father says, oh, my son looks beautiful. You're right. And then it says, you know, the revelation, the righteousness, and it says, from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith. That is something, is a gift. It's this, I receive this by faith, I'm now going to live by faith. I'm going to live. This, is, this revelation is going to change the way I live. I heard someone speaking at a conference this week and she was making some outrageous statements, but she was very fun. And, and she was making a statement, and she just said, she suddenly said, she was talking about churches that get too involved in politics. She said, you know, these churches think, I'm going to get so involved in politics, we're going to make lots of new laws. We're going to make laws that are good for the country. We'll make laws on abortion, make laws on this, make laws on this. Oh, oh this can be great, lots and lots of laws. And he, she suddenly stopped and said, at which point do we ever think laws make you righteous? Who in their right mind thinks lots of laws in the land will make the land righteous? Because changed hearts make you righteous. Why don't the church spend their time there rather than on the laws? <laughs> and it was one of those moments you could hear this, whoo, go right around. And then, just when she thought she's not hit hard enough, obviously she didn't think she did, she goes, that Islamic thinking. <laughs> Islamic thinking is put law in place in the land and make everyone obey it Christian thinking is this I'm right before God and I live through faith a life worthy of the call I've received and by doing that I'm going to impact other people's lives and by doing that other people's lives will impact other people's lives and by doing this communities will be affected worlds can be ch changed People can be living through horrendous bombs and horrible things and still be declaring, I'm right before God. And that's what really matters. You can take my life, but you can't take my freedom in Christ. You can't take it because I'm right before God. You live by faith. And that is what is so exciting. There be a people here right now, made right by God, righteous, it's being revealed, and we live a life of faith, trusting that God can do it. Not getting anxious, but looking at the creation as Jesus said, look at my creation, and think, I'm of more worth than all of this, and therefore I'm going to seek the kingdom of God.
We're called to be a people who understand the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. That has impacted us and we now live on the good of that to see others affected. The righteous shall live by faith. Not by law, not by trying to please God, but by knowing we are pleasing God. Not by a grace that says, whoa, I'm just set free, I can just do what I want now. It's actually, no, this grace now makes me say, I want to live a life worthy of the call. I want to spend time in his presence because I kind of like it. I want to spend time in prayer because I can go to the one who can change things. The one who has all authority. That's where I'm going to go. I want to spend time in the word because in this I get revelation of who he is. And it's like that when you're going through the Psalms. There are these moments where you're going through, you're thinking, oh, this is tough, this is tough. Whoa! There's Jesus. He's so obviously there. And then you think about this. The people after the resurrection, those two disciples leaving Jerusalem. And it's interesting because they're walking away from Jerusalem. And the picture of that is Jerusalem is the place where the people of God gather. And these two are walking away from the place where people gather. And actually, I will say this. At this moment in time, after COVID, I think there are quite a few people on that walk walking away from the people who gather and walking away. And what happens? Jesus joins them in the walk. He joins them, walking with them. And then he gives them a lot of information. He actually goes right through scriptures saying, look, the righteousness of God was always there. Can you not see me here? Can you not see there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. Have you never noticed Jesus here? Have you never noticed Jesus here? Never noticed Jesus here? Here, here. Goes through the Bible study that all of us wanted to have heard. And then they go back to the house. Amazingly, this stranger they've met on the house, on the road, says, I'm going to keep going. What a sense of humour he's got. And they say, no, 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 please come and stay with us. And then something very interesting happens. Jesus takes over. When they invite Jesus into the house, Jewish tradition is this, the host breaks bread. The host breaks bread. What happens? Jesus walks in and says, right, this is now my home. I'm the host. And when he breaks the bread and blesses them, the revelation comes, it's Jesus! It wasn't on all the Bible study. It wasn't through showing, look, there he is, there he is. He had to do that because of this. Didn't you not notice that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus has just taken over. He's blessed the bread. It's Jesus. The revelation comes. And then they can look back and say, wow, there he was, there he was, there he was. And there he was. And he's gone. Let's go back to Jerusalem. We need lots of people in this nation right now to realise there's still blessing from God and have the revelation that Jesus wants them back. And actually when they have that encounter they return back to Jerusalem saying I want to be back where the people are gathering. I want to be back. Three words the utterly transforming power of the gospel. Revelation, righteousness, and 
real faith. <laughs> real faith that changes the way you live. Can we stand, please? Everyone just shut your eyes. I want this to be a personal moment for you. If you know, actually, that, that, that's using that passage, those disciples walking away from Jerusalem, that actually there's been a moment for you as you come out of COVID, actually you feel like you're kind of slightly walking away from the gathered people of God. You know the information, but you know you need a revelation right now of Jesus' love for you. If that's you, just, just lift your hands. Say, I, I, I need you right now. I need you. I need a revelation of your righteousness. I'm righteous in your presence. And I can live by faith. Holy Spirit, just come now. Father, into every single life, Every life, every life, every hand that's held up. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, today, let us know that you are blessing us. That you are blessing us. Your story is about blessing. It starts with blessing and ends with blessing. And in the middle of it, the blessing was one. Lord, I pray, Father, that help us to be a people who can give the pen of our life to the one who's writing a better story. And we recommit ourselves to you, knowing we are right with you. We are holy and blameless because of you. And let us live lives of faith in your amazing name. Amen. I heard someone this week talking about, uh, he was talking about different positions people can be in. And he, he was talking about three positions. One position is total involvement. Your identity is in your involvement and, and you're completely locked into what you do in the church and everything. Everything is totally locked here. Then said the other one is non-participation. That you've just given up and gone. And he says what people think is that this position here is a long way away from this position here. He said the reality is those two are right next to each other. If your identity is completely in involvement, 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 suddenly it's like, and then total non-participation. So actually what you need is your identity is totally in the truth of who Christ is. Your identity is totally in that you are loved or you're cared for. And your identity is not in what you do in the church. Your identity is not in the mission and all that. Your identity is in Christ. And then you do these things because you love him. So that's the healthy place to be. And from there... The non-participation and throwing everything away is a long, long step because it starts with your relationship and the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And so, Lord, I pray, help us be a people who truly know the revelation of Jesus Christ, who you are, what you've done, and our identity is found totally in you. Lord, take away fear, take away anxiety, Lord, and let us be free to be in you, in your glorious name. Amen.